Thanks for tuning in to the Sojourn Church Podcast. We are a church committed to the gospel in the context of family, living on mission to the city of Portland and our world. For more information, visit our website, sojournpdx.org. Thank you, Pastor Matt. And uh, it's good to be with you guys today. I've got to figure out my uh, iPad here and make sure the notifications are off so when my grandson pops up, I'll <laughs> see here. Sorry, I meant to do that ahead of time. <laughs> but anyway, we could talk about my grandkids if you'd like, but uh, maybe, maybe they'll come up. We'll see. <laughs> I do it love my grandkids and love being with your kids and and sharing in uh, this day-to-day. Oliver uh, unintentionally let me know that it's good if the service is short and and, uh, he can't wait because the the guys get the cookies uh, when it's all done, right? (laughs) And so I love that. Uh, It is a joy to be with you guys and to share uh, today. Uh, Matt, thank you for that kind introduction. he didn't say old guy, but you know, <laughs> I get it. Uh, but it and uh, it, it, I, uh, I love the Lord. I love His church. I love what He's doing here in North Portland. Uh, I understand the challenge uh, that uh, that it is to to gather people and to uh, have them keep gathering uh, with you. And uh, I also understand there was a wedding yesterday, and so your whole church was involved in that, no doubt. Plus plus more, and uh, so uh, I, I, I get all of that, and uh, I live up in Longview, um, and uh, wander down this way, and wander around western Washington uh, in my in my role in Northwest Church Planting, uh, but I am so go- glad for what God is doing here, and, uh, and, and for you as a church family, Sojourn Church, as uh, as you are walking with the Lord and walking with the community, uh, and uh, looking to see other people come to Christ, to expand God's kingdom, making disciples uh, through uh, a loving community. And so I just thank the Lord uh, for this, this day. So I want to bring a message from the book of Philippians, chapter 3. And um, so the uh, translation I'm reading from is the New Living Translation. Um, and uh, I'm really... I'm going to read a a larger portion of scripture, and then I'm going to focus on the last few verses uh, of it uh, from Philippians chapter 3. But uh, the the title of my message is is Press On. That's become the signature line in my email. Uh, And and frankly, uh, I've discovered that as a a preacher, especially as a guest preacher, I seem to only have one message. It's not always the same text, and it's not always the same thing, but... But uh, the, the heart that the Lord has given me is, is to be one of encouragement and to encourage. So whether it's from, uh, from Hebrews chapter 12 to, to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus or whether it's this text that speaks of, of pressing on to the high calling of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and and I, I've discovered that almost every message that I preach, uh, that that, that's what God has given to me. Uh, and uh, so frankly, this is kind of my signature uh, message. Um, and, uh, but it's a privilege to share it with you. And there's three points. So uh, it'll be really easy for you to remember. They are press on, press in, and press ahead. All right? So you can, you can remember those. Press on, press in, 
and press ahead. And I'm telling you this now so that you will know when we're getting close to the end, right? Um, as, we, as we get on into to pressing ahead. But let me read from Philippians chapter 3. Uh, as the Apostle Paul has, is writing this letter from prison, uh, and uh, you know, as, as you look through it, sometimes you might think, you know, he, he's, he's encouraging the church at Philippi, and you would have no clue that he was imprisoned as he writes these words, as he is encouraging the church. Um, but that's where he was as he, uh, as he wrote, kind of under house arrest, but he couldn't go anywhere, and he had the uh, freedom of being encouraged by some of the brothers, but uh, just the same, he was in, in prison. And so what did I send you? So we're going to get to this text in, in a little bit, but I'm going to start with, with verse uh, 1 of, of Philippians chapter 3. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what God has what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. For though I could have, could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could. And he kind of gives us his resume. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. And so I, I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Verse 7, I once thought that these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ, for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or the other, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already achieved, reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let's just pause and pray as we uh, open his word together. Well, holy God, today I give you thanks. I thank you for uh, this church, the Sojourn Church, and the uh, light that they are to this community. 
And Father, I thank you for Pastor Matt and for Andrea and for their family, and I pray that you would, would bless them, Father, that even uh, this month uh, would be a time of refreshing and a personal study and that you would uh, just meet them in their need today, Lord, as, as there's been a lot of significant ministry going on this summer already, and we pray that uh, those contacts that have been made uh, would bear fruit. And Father, we thank you now for your word, and we pray, Lord, that you would speak to us by it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Press on. When I think of that word, I think of the word tenacity. Of when, when, uh, when I was a young man, my dad was working on a doctoral degree, and, and he he, he focused on that word, and, it, and he talked about it a lot, and it just kind of stuck with me. Uh, and in fact, that, that's, that, that's kind of his, uh, his definition for it. He called it stick to <laughs> that to be tenacious is to stick with the task. And um, I suppose, man, I hadn't thought about it, that uh, he, was, he, he had a role. He had Gary Irby's job. Uh, Irby likes to say that, his, that my dad was his his dad's boss, but he's my boss. Uh, and so, but, but in church planting and working with missionaries in the Northwest, uh, he, he would talk about sticking with it. And frankly, that's what it takes. Uh, it's not all that it takes, but it takes sticking with it uh, and being tenacious. Um, and so in, in uh, chapter three, verse 12, it says, I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. I, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. When, when I was uh, pastoring, I found myself often saying, sometimes in defense of other uh, church members uh, or, or new disciples, I would simply say, well, you know, they're a work in progress. Because people are people. And uh, in the life of a church, sometimes, uh, you know, People judge other people. Never happens, I'm sure, but in your experience. But and and we had a guy named Galen, and and, and Galen uh, was um, was was a neighbor who had moved in, an absolutely reclusive guy, um, and he had good reasons to be reclusive. Um, and and uh, but I, over time, actually, because my son started mowing his grass, uh, I started to get to know him, and and uh, he had had some faith you know, trickles in his early life, but had not really lived his life devoted to Christ. And, and he began to, to, to follow the Lord as he walked with us. Uh, but Galen, uh, he was just kind of fragile, unique. Um, he had, uh, and you know, it, now this was in Drain, Oregon. We've kind of pre-service kind of talked about this uh, little logging town. And, and in a lot of ways, he fit right in there. But uh, there were some kind of redneck logger type guys in the group too that uh, that kind of looked down on him, and that was kind of the story. So Galen, he had uh, he had this long ponytail way down past his belt, and uh, and his, on Sundays 
uh, he would wash it, <laughs> and, and his wife would braid it, and it was an awesome braid, and I, and I used to tell him I was jealous of it. I said, if I would, I could, you know, but, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and he, but he had, he had been in a motorcycle accident when he was young. He had a lot of pain issues, and he'd gotten addicted to morphine along the way, and then he was on methadone, and he had all of the, the baggage that kind of came with that, which included being really thirsty uh, all the time, and so he was up and down, in and out, all this kind of stuff. And then there was uh, there, there was an, another man in the church who was the redneck uh, mill worker uh, who just, he just didn't quite get Galen. And, and I would say, you know, he's a, he's a work in progress. Because every one of us is a, you know, is a work in progress. We haven't arrived, we haven't made it, but we are, uh, we are on the way. When I was young, um, my sister taught me the, uh, the, a tune to the verse, Philippians 1.6, that says, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it till the day of Jesus Christ. He started something in us and he is completing it your faith in christ may have begun last week or last month or last year or or when you were a child but but he started it he initiated it that faith in your heart and and he is still working to perfect it and to complete it you see the 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 life that christ has called us to in fact apprehended us for is always growing, always learning, always maturing. It doesn't come easy, but it comes through discipline and through pursuit. This relationship that we have with God through His Son Jesus Christ is one that you have to pursue actively. We can kind of go dormant if we're not careful. You know, we we, we have this this baseline faith, this understanding of who Christ is, and, and, and we may have had seasons of, of kind of thriving in our walk with him and in our service to him, uh, and yet, you know, something comes along and just kind of puts the brakes on, you know, COVID, for example, you know, <laughs> could, could do that to, to us, or, or a crisis, uh, the health crisis of a, of a family member or yourself or uh, or a, you know, an employment crisis or, or whatever. And it just begins to distract us and take all of our energy. Um, and we have to intentionally refocus on the gospel, stay focused on the gospel. The, rela the relationship begins with new birth. When you believe and confess in Jesus, but it doesn't stop with that. It is constantly a work in progress. And so like Paul, or like a runner, Paul gives us the kind of the image of finishing a race, of pressing on to get to the finish line and to the prize. You, you look at me and, and you just won't believe this is true, but I was never an athletic kind of runner guy, right? <laughs> Uh, I did run the 880 in, uh, so that's how old I am, is the 880 back then in, in, in uh, like my 
sophomore year of high school because I wanted, I went out for a track, you know, let me try this, big brother had done it, you know, and, and uh, the one thing I was was consistent. Because we started out that, uh, that spring and I ran the 880 in uh, two minutes and 40 seconds. And so did Sandy, I think, the, the, my, my teammate. By the end of the year, he was running it in 205 and I was still running it in 240 until district uh, meet. And I don't know even why I was there, but I got to go to district meets and uh, my, the coach put my friend Mark Smith in with me. He was running hurdles and stuff. He'd never done the eight, the, that in competition. And I uh, got around about uh, 700 yards in on the back stretch and, and just about to make the curve and come around. And suddenly I got this kick. I mean, I was just, I was just sprinting like nothing. And, and I was, I was going, and the truth is apparently it was like nothing because my race, my, my time went from 240 to 238. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I beat Mark, you know? <laughs> Yeah, but I had to lean into it. I had to, I to, had to press, press, press to do that. And I, that's just ridiculous when you think about it. I gave up everything I had at that, what was I, 14, 15 years old, and, and uh, that, was, that was it. Now, I do like to, to press on. I, I play racquetball still, believe it or not, and I love that, and I'm very, I, I really like to win. Um, and, and, uh, so, and I do often, and so I'm grateful for that. Um, and I love to, to hike and go on walks, and I'm, I'm obsessive about, you know, getting all 10,000 steps in. I've got a record I'll tell you about later, but uh, if you want. Uh, but anyway, I, I get all of that, but what, to do that, you have to be disciplined. You've got to press in. Even when I had COVID at 9 o'clock at night, I realized I had two miles to go when I got up and walked. Because... I'm obsessive, <laughs> but I, I press, press in, and, and in our relationship with Christ, we press in, or press on, sorry. Second, press in. Press in, I press into my relationship with Christ. You know, to, to know someone, you've got to lean into the relationship. Uh, you know, t today, you know, you might say, well, I want to know somebody. And so you begin to stalk them on Facebook, right? Or you begin to stalk them on Instagram or whatever. And, and if someone doesn't, have, doesn't do that, you're going, wait, how can I know who this person is? I want to know Christ, the Apostle Paul said. And I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. You know, we read that and we say, yeah, I'm all in. I want to know about the power of the resurrection of Christ. But the second half of verse 10 says, I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. But to know someone, you've got to lean into that relationship. Whether it's a marriage where you, know, you, can, you can get in life. We were talking about anniversaries uh, here before the service and the Boyds celebrated their 15th year. We're celebrating our 42nd this month. And, and yet there are times when you kind of just, it's possible, we've experienced it, where you're just kind of doing this parallel thing. And it's not a healthy thing. And so you have to lean in to the relationship. You've got to, to press in. 
to that relationship. And that's what, what it, kind of an image that might help us as we think of our relationship with Jesus. We've got to lean into our relationship with him. A friend of mine uh, referenced the, uh, the, the idea of climbing a mountain. If you're walking up uh, you know, a, a steep hill or, or climbing a mountain, if you try to stand upright, uh, gravity will not be in your favor. But if you want to effectively climb that mountain and, uh, and, and make the next step, you've got to lean into it. Put your weight into it. Put your, your, your body into it so that uh, it, it just, it's going to help. And in our relationship with Jesus, we need to lean into that and not just say, oh, yeah, that, I did that. You know, I was born again. I had an experience when I was, you know, 15 or 25 or whatever. And, and so now I'm, a, now I'm a Christian. No, you have a relationship. You need to want to press into that. Paul said, I want to know Christ. Such passion, really, in the language that he writes. I want to know Christ. This was, this was the guy who had been preaching the gospel through all the cities of Asia Minor. And, and you know, he was kind of one of the superstars of, of the faith and, and was in prison for it. And yet he says, I want to know Christ. And I want to know the power of the resurrection that transforms from death to life. You see, the power of the resurrection forgives sin. The power of the resurrection gives us life. There was an old hymn. I doubt if anyone here would recognize it. Maybe Matt from your long, I don't know anyone else's history, so. But it, it was, you know, back in the day we, we have a, a group about this size on Wednesday night and we would sing favorites. And the little ones would, you know, people we would pick from the hymnal and there was a young man, I mean a little boy there that he said, let's, let's sing um, uh, that Cynthia. Everyone's scratching their head. Cynthia. Cynthia, what in the world does he want? Of course, I was young enough to think like, a, like him, apparently, and I said, Cynthia, old time power. It was Cynthia old time power, the Pentecostal power that, that and it was send the old time power uh, was, was the word that, that he was saying. Uh, and, and, and yet the power of God is what forgives us of our sin. It is what, the, it is the resurrection power. Well, it was the death of Christ on the cross that, that paid the price and yet it is in the resurrection that we find hope and assurance of, of him and that he's given us faith. You see this in Ephesians chapter 2 it says you were dead in your sins. You were dead. You weren't just not good but you were dead in your, in your sins. But in verses 4 and 5 it says but God made us alive even though we were dead and he also raises us up with him and we're seated in the heavens for by grace we're saved through faith. I want to know the resurrection power. The power that 
that is able to take me from death to life. Resurrection power is not something we simply wait until, you know, eternity and we, we die and, and, uh, and, and Jesus returns and we, you know, we, we're raised to life and we go to heaven. No, resurrection power happens today because we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And we've, yet we've been made alive through God, through Christ, by his death and resurrection. And so that is resurrection power. If you, if, if you uh, have, have become a child of God through faith in him, then you are experiencing resurrection power. The apostle understood that, and yet he wanted more of it. He wanted more of it. Resurrection power is, is the power that transforms transforms our lives. But let's think of your context here. It transforms a community. That resurrection power is what we're dependent upon. For those families who have participated in vacation Bible school or a block party or some other special event that you guys have done, we want to know the resurrection power that will bring transformation to families and homes and, yes, a community. But Paul also said, if I'm going to know Christ, I need to know, I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. Remember, he's writing from prison. <laughs> and, and, and yet he's still inviting and saying to know Christ means to, to share in the fellowship of his sufferings. Of course, Jesus said in John 16, uh, in the world you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You know, our, our culture continues to reflect the kingdom of darkness and to demonstrate that it's counter to the gospel. But Paul said, I want to share in the fellowship of the suffering of Christ. This is to know Christ. And so when we're tempted to kind of be uh, down or bummed out because of the suffering that we're experiencing, because of the, the problems and the, the things that, that, that are not developing. Uh, I believe that the Apostle Paul would encourage us, encourage us and say, you are sharing in his, his fellowship, the fellowship of sufferings. This is to know Christ. I want to press in to the relationship with, press on, be tenacious, be, be, uh, be, be sticking with it. I want to press in and lean into my relationship with Christ. And then we're encouraged to press ahead. And the apostle speaks of focus here. Verse 13, he said, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ is calling us. Forgetting the past is hard. I was visiting with a pastor yesterday and we were talking about some of the struggles and he's got some long-term members that have been wonderful, good, good people. And yet, they're still remembering the glory days of when, when uh, the Lord was, was transforming lives and saving people through a specific ministry that they're, they're not doing anymore. 
It was a, it was a, uh, a recovery ministry and it, it had a season and things changed, leadership, and, and uh, we'll try to explain those details, but they're not engaged in that specifically a- anymore. And, and, uh, and, and yet this, this one member uh, just can't quite get over that and that there are new avenues and new opportunities for ministry. Some of the things that you, you guys have do, are doing, they've got new, sub, new, uh, you know, new apartments going up around them and new opportunities to, 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 to lean into a community. And, and they're working at it, but uh, yeah. It, you see, we've got to look to the future and forget the past. Now, we, it's good to celebrate the past and, and all, but we just can't hang on to it because it, it'll, it can become an anchor, even if it was a good thing. Uh, we've got to, to move ahead. You see, we, as we forget past accomplishments, because it, it, that's why I read the entire, the, the, the big portion of scripture that I read, because the apostle Paul, he, he said, you know, I, I, I have, you know, I've, I've had all of these accomplishments. He was, he was like a PhD in Judaism. He, he, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He had, he had, and he had all of the pedigree. I mean, it was done just right. When he was born, he was circumcised on the eighth day. He, 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 you know, he had become a student uh, of, of the law and had excelled and had exceeded. And he said, but I count all of that as rubbish, as garbage, compared to the exceeding knowledge of knowing our Lord Jesus Christ. Past accomplishments. They may be good, but that resume really doesn't mean much going forward. You know, it's our natural kind of thing to do, to talk about. You know, Matt was, you know, introducing me and, and, uh, you know, uh, I've I've had these experiences. Yeah, I have. and yet, those are not my hope. Those are not my future. Future is in knowing Christ. It's interesting that Paul did not talk about his past failures. By the way, I was the... Actually, he, you know, he said he pursued... Uh, it, he didn't. He just didn't use language that says I was. I was a murderer. Uh, you know, I, I I pursued Christians and and threw them in jail and had them killed and I was responsible. You know, those those are some of the things he didn't list in that pedigree. And I don't blame him. You know, what good would that have done? But 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 those were things he had also forgotten so much that he didn't include them. So you know, because they were the past. They were past failures. And my goodness, every one of us has that list. And and the enemy is. The devil is, is quick to, to remind us of our list of, of failures. But you know, there's very little value of, in rehearsing the past. What I have seen in my own life and in the life of, of uh, counseling and, and ministry is what the enemy likes to do with us is to remind us of that relationship failure, that problem that somebody else had and we begin to spiral in that and and we just what we do is we rehearse it we rehearse it over and over and over again 
That's why I quit choir for in high school because the old the old guy would not stop singing the same four measures, you know, <laughs> just over and over. that's what rehearsal is, right? It's, it's practicing so that and, and and yet the enemy will will lead us to practice and to rehearse our memories of of failures. What and sometimes it may be someone else's failure because it's a lot of fun to rehearse their failures, whether it's a spouse or a brother or 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 a parent, and, and yet. I believe that, that this instruction here, when Paul says forgetting the past, is that those are things we need to set aside and not allow our brain to, to, to rehearse. And, and, and the enemy will, will repeat that attack, but we've got to work at it and press ahead, not looking back. Look towards the future. In our look to the future, we commit to growth, continuing in him. The apostle wrote, Philippians is one of my favorite, favorite letters, uh, because it's so encouraging and, uh, and such good instruction. And so he prayed a prayer in chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. He said, and, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. It's an invitation to grow in faith, to grow in understanding, to grow uh, in knowledge and discernment and love and demonstrating the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus so my encouragement to you today, church, is simply this, to press on, press in, and press ahead. Press on in your relationship with Jesus. The hazard is to simply be pressing on with no focus, right? Just, you stick, we're not, we're not a bunch of mules that just stick our head down and, you know, and, and press. But we press on in relationship. And so my encouragement to you is to be faithful in that today. Can I pray with you again? Well, Father, I thank you for your word. And again, I thank you for these families here today. And I pray that, that you would pour your blessing out upon them in their work, in their life, in their ministry. And I pray that, uh, that you would, uh, would bless the ministry of, uh, and influence in this community that people would uh, come to faith in Christ. So, Lord, we thank you. We pray that you would help us to be faithful in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to hear how God is working in your life. You can connect with us and find more available teachings and resources at our website, sojournpdx.org.